Hello, and welcome to Thoughts on Being Human. I'm Haley, and this is episode 8. After last week's heavier topic, I'm switching it up today to discuss something we all need more of, play. So whether you're out for a walk, driving in the car, or enjoying some downtime, take a big deep breath and let's get into it. Play. It's something we all did as kids, but as we get older, it's an activity that easily gets pushed to the side and replaced with other responsibilities. When we have free time as adults, we often fill it with all the things on our to-do list, the things we need to get done, laundry, cooking, cleaning, errands, or emails. It sadly becomes rare that we create the space for play in our lives as we get older. I've always felt immense benefits from play and thought it would be a great topic to discuss for this week's episode. I googled the importance of play just because I was curious to see what research had been done and to my surprise, every single thing that came up referred to children. The social benefits of play in childhood, the power of play in child development, the importance of play in our early years. Absolutely nothing about play for humans past the age of 16 came up. This shocked me and saddened me because I do think there's a huge stress-relieving quality from play that adults need, especially right now in our second year of a global pandemic. So I dug a little deeper and I did find some incredible information about why it's good for grown-ups to play, and I want to share some of it with all of you today. So it turns out play is not only something we could all benefit from, but it's a critical component in stimulating creativity. When we play, we are helping to build the relations between neurons that improve memory and allow for a better connection between the right and left side of the brain. We can develop these new pathways and connections which help us come up with new ideas and possibilities. Play can allow us to come up with unexpected things and unique approaches to some of the problems or issues we may be facing. Sometimes when we're feeling stuck, the best thing to do is to focus on a playful activity instead of the problem itself, and let new pathways be created so that our minds can be open to new solutions. In Stuart Brown's TED Talk, Play is More Than Just Fun, he mentions that engaging with 3D objects and fantasy worlds not only helps us gain a creative approach, but is the root of creativity itself. He argues that play is equally as essential as sleeping. At more of a basic level, Play releases endorphins, which not only make us feel good and act as a pain relief, but have a huge stress-relieving effect on the body. Particularly in older age, play has been shown to promote feelings of youthfulness and increase energy levels. The famous George Shaw quote, We don't stop playing because we grow old, we grow old because we stop playing, couldn't resonate any more with me right now. There were also some studies done that have shown play triggers the secretion of BDNF, which is a substance essential for the growth of brain cells. This is why activities like playing chess, doing crossword puzzles, or completing Sudoku help to prevent memory problems. Exercise also increases BDNF, but for many seniors this may not be possible, so play is an incredible alternative. It's also not surprising that play can improve our relationships and connection to others. Playful activities often involve laughter, which, when shared with others, promotes feelings of safety and well-being. 
In the first month of lockdown here in Vancouver, Jamie and I played a lot of bocce, and without even realizing it, our games not only helped our relationship get through a stressful time, but they were fostering compassion, trust, and intimacy between us. Play can also help to heal resentments and disagreements between people, because over time, it builds trust and lets us eventually feel safe with another person who may have hurt us. So the next time you have an intense disagreement or conversation with someone, take a breath and then maybe invite them to play a game of cribbage, cards, or cornhole. This may help to ease tension, lighten the mood, and soften your hearts. Beyond the benefits of play improving creativity, it's also been shown to boost productivity. Many companies are realizing that success at work doesn't depend on the amount of time you work, but upon the quality of your work. Taking time to replenish with play throughout the day can make us more effective at our jobs and efficient with our time. When we play, we're engaging the creative side of our brain and silencing our inner critic. By doing this, we may be more likely to share our ideas and thoughts with others. This is not only exactly how creative solutions are made, but in the process it encourages teamwork and collaboration. It may be tempting to think the best way to cope with an ever-increasing workload is to work longer and harder, but this is not the case. Without recreational time to play, it's more likely you'll suffer and face feelings of overwhelm and burnout. The best company leaders recognize this and during particularly stressful times will encourage employees to take breaks or even give them extra mental health days to help cope with the stress. It is nothing short of a miracle what a half hour of playing can do for our mental health. This could look like walking to the park and swinging on the swing, blowing bubbles at your cat and watching their reaction, doing some drawing or coloring, singing silly songs, busting out that hula hoop in your closet, skipping a bit on your way to the store, skipping rocks at the lake, looking at the clouds and trying to find identifiable shapes, playing fetch with your dog, frisbee at the beach, rolling down a grassy hill, building a snowman, tubing in a river or building a sandcastle. The ideas are endless when you allow your mind to start thinking of activities you enjoyed doing as a child. We all deserve, if only for a moment, to forget about our work, our commitments, responsibilities, and troubles. Play can help us do that. Make a list of playful activities that excite you and stick it somewhere so that you can see it often. Commit to incorporating them into your life. Guaranteed they'll make you feel good, and we could all use more fun in our lives, particularly right now. So we can all agree at this point that playing more is a good thing, but there's definitely challenges and roadblocks to actually doing it. The first idea we need to let go of is that play is a waste of time. Get out of your head and into your body. By doing this, you'll automatically be drawn towards things that make you feel lighter, things that lift your spirits and let your brain relax. This idea that adults aren't supposed to play is outdated and overrated. Some of us may be afraid to play because we'll look silly. There's definitely vulnerability in allowing yourself to play. The risk of playing is appearing the fool, of being judged by other people. This fear is so strong that it paralyzes us into inaction. The next time you feel like putting on rain boots and jumping in puddles or making daisy chains in the park, don't let yourself be held back by what others who see you may think. 
The next time you want to host a theme party or have an action hero lunch meeting, just go for it. People will judge you no matter what you do, so you might as well do the things that bring you joy. Let go of this self-consciousness we have towards how we look and dive into playing. Looking foolish in front of your peers is not a reason to hold back. The more often you play, the easier it will become and your fears will slowly dissipate. And you won't give it a second thought what others are thinking. Play looks different for everyone, so take some time to write out all the things you feel like doing without being forced to. Write down the things that leave you feeling happy, relaxed, and free. Like I said before, the actual activities differ from person to person, but regardless of what it is, it's something that makes us lose track of time, something we do purely for the enjoyment. It's not something we have to be bribed or coerced into doing, but something we feel intrinsically motivated to do because it's fun. So whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or even 70s, it's never too late to develop your playful side. A great way to start, if you're unsure of what to do, is to set aside some time free of TV, computer, and your phone. Use this time to try something fun, something you haven't done since you were a kid. Here are five types of play to explore, as outlined by Stuart Brown in his book Play. First kind, rough and tumble play. This type of play is more physical. It includes activities such as diving, dodgeball, capture the flag, kickball, scavenger hunts, and tug-of-war. These types of play have not only physical benefits, but according to researchers, help us develop emotional regulation. They also foster positive feelings between everyone playing that deepen our connections with others. The next type of play is ritual play. This includes chess, board games, or sports with set rules and structures that involve strategizing, designing, and creating. These games bring people together for a common purpose or goal, and in the process have many cognitive benefits. The third category is imaginative play. This brings back memories of my childhood when my brother, sister, and I would play the orphans game. We would pretend we had been abandoned and had to fend for ourselves. This included building a shelter and protecting ourselves from bad guys. Now you may think this isn't something you want to do as an adult, but imaginative play includes coloring, storytelling, painting, drawing, crafting, and acting. Even comedy and improv fall into this category. Research has found that imagining can activate and strengthen areas of the brain involved in real-life execution. The fourth kind of play that particularly resonates with me is called body play. This is the spontaneous desire to get ourselves out of gravity. Surfing, riding roller coasters, hiking, whitewater rafting, snorkeling, and climbing mountains are all examples of this. Even jumping in the air, skipping, doing handstands or cartwheels, cannonballs, rolling down hills are great ways to feel a sense of lightness that transports you back to your youth. Moving without purpose is an excellent way to boost your energy and vitality, as well as stimulate the body's immune system. The fifth and final type of play is object play, which as the name suggests, encompasses building Lego, playing Jenga, having snowball fights, building forts. All of these involve manipulation of objects or building and designing things. 
This contributes to our cognitive development as kids, and as adults, it stimulates our problem-solving abilities. It can also give us a feeling of achievement, which increases our dopamine levels, and this has a cascade of incredible benefits on our memory, alertness, concentration, and creativity. So if you're struggling to think of ways to play, use those categories to help you brainstorm some activities. The power of play is just as magical for adults as it is for children, and once you start integrating it into your life, you'll immediately feel the benefits. We've covered some of those benefits, as well as what can prevent us from playing more, and I've given some examples of types of play. I hope these spark some ideas for some new activities that we can all try until we find the kind of play that is most enjoyable for us. Play is such an integral part of life that it was actually here before humans were. That's right, animals play. Insects such as ants and wasps have been seen staging mock battles with each other to practice their fighting and defense skills. Almost as soon as horses are born, they'll start to gallop, frolic, and buck. Fish will leap over obstacles in the water when there's no need to. Both of these types of play help to develop motor skills that will be needed later in life. Baby kangaroos will play fight with their own mothers, and wolf pups and bear cubs play fight constantly. Both of these activities prepare the animals for socialization with other animals. They help develop their combat skills and to understand hierarchy. Dolphins will blow air bubbles under the water, which they'll chase, hold onto, and seek out using their sonar. Many birds of prey can be seen stalking inanimate objects, such as pine cones and twigs. Both of these help the animals in their ability to be successful hunters. And some animals do such strange things for the pure fun of it. Ravens will snowboard down frozen roofs. Crocodiles will give their smaller friends a piggyback ride. Young elephants will use riverside embankments as water slides. Seagulls will drop shells and then catch them in midair. Apparently, animals need play so much that when they don't get it, they face serious consequences. When zoo animals are caged alone without the means to play, they develop severe psychological consequences. Without the stimulation of play, ravens will peck out their own feathers. Mice and rats will get stressed without tubes to crawl in or sticks to chew on. In the late 1970s, there was a soft-shell turtle named Pigface, who had spent his entire life alone in an enclosure in a zoo in Washington, D.C. When Pigface was in his 40s, he started biting and clawing at his face. He mutilated himself so badly that he started to get serious fungal infections. The reptile curator thought maybe he was bored, and in 1991, they gave Pigface two basketballs and a hoop. After speeding up the recorded video of his enclosure, the turtle resembled a frolicking dog. He would nose, bite, and push the toys with his mouth. Soon after Pigface started batting around the basketball, his self-scratching and biting behavior significantly decreased, and the reptile curator concluded that not only do reptiles play, but this particular turtle spent 20% of his time playing. I won't go into other stories, but if you do some research, you'll find countless stories of bored cage animals developing tics, like pacing and bar biting, in an attempt to self-stimulate. 
I can't help but think about similarities between this and the psychological consequences of lockdown during the pandemic. So many of us are bored and more stressed than ever before. The restrictions in place by the government severely limit our previous outlets for play and social engagement, so we're left feeling a little bit like caged animals. I can 100% relate to this feeling. It can leave me with low motivation, increased frustration, and quiet internal panic. Now, more than ever before, we need to play. I cannot emphasize it enough. Play brings us pleasure. It brings us a sense of connection. It relaxes our nervous system. It may even bring about laughter and a light-hearted state of mind. There's a reason natural selection hasn't gotten rid of it in animals. It's a basic behavior that serves so many crucial purposes. So not only should we encourage and allow children to engage in unstructured playtime, but we ourselves need to incorporate playtime into our lives. Whether it's a board game, a snowball fight, building a fort, a themed date night, singing in the shower, finger painting, or flying a kite, give yourself permission to play. Play is freedom, and we all deserve to feel some more of that right now. All right, that's officially a wrap on episode eight. I hope you're all feeling inspired to be more playful in your life and to incorporate activities that bring you enjoyment, laughter, and a sense of freedom. I'm Haley, and those are this week's thoughts on being human.